So we are so excited to be coming back for another episode of Talking Disney. This month, we are talking about Oliver and Company. This is so fun. And uh, I'm Rachel, and Stanford is here. Hi, how's it going? Yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for the invite back on the show. So happy to be here. Thank talk you. About this movie. And uh, yeah, we got a pretty good roll of the dice last time with the 27th feature film. We, we've been doing this series out of order just uh, because it's more fun that way. <laughs> yes, and indeed. I was thinking about, because I definitely was, was pretty harsh on this in my, uh, in my review. I had some positives, but um, in my last Canon watch. And I think part of that comes from the fact that it's at the end of just this era that's just hard and you're just tired, you know, after, cause I would do, I would do, I would cover one a month. I mean, one a week oh, yeah. uh, in chronological order. Yeah. By the time you get to Oliver and company, it's just kind of like, you know, it's been like two months covering these ones that just aren't great. And they aren't great. And then I'll, then you turn the corner and wow, yeah. then it's just nothing but great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it does have problems and we'll talk about that. Uh, but it was really fun and it's a really interesting movie and I'm really excited to talk about it with you. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it too. I think yeah. I, I think it really is. It's, it's really a, a unique film. Yeah. So this film came out in 1988. Yes. And uh, it, uh, it came out on the same weekend as land before time which is really interesting because something like back then they did not have that many animated films in i think 1987 there wasn't a single mainstream animated film release i think the biggest release was like the gi joe movie was like the biggest animated release and so for them to have these two kind of two releases the same weekend is is very unusual now it happens all the time so we wouldn't even think about it back then it was really unusual. Kind of a big deal. And, and, and <laughs> like a, really a competitive move, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know who, who had put the, their film on the schedule first, you know, whether universal or Disney, but still that was either was way. A, yeah. It was ballsy move on the part of Don Bluth. He Absolutely. Had to be super confident in his movie to put it up against Disney. That was gutsy. Yeah, it was gutsy. Yeah, it was. And do you have box office numbers on that, Rachel? Um, I didn't get the actual, no, I didn't write down the actual numbers, but I do know that Land Before Time was first place. Yeah, that's, as I recall, I mean, again, it was forever ago, but it seems to me that <laughs> Land Before Time won. You yeah. Know, yeah. And at least the box office race. Oliver and Company was fourth place. Okay. And in the end, it did, Oliver and Company did outgross. Land Before Time in the totals. Okay. Uh, which is interesting. And <laughs> Land Before Time, it's a really interesting movie because it's a very it's a very sweet movie, but it is pretty um, he- I, heavy-handed is too negative a word, but it, it's just really interesting. It's something we don't see anymore because it lays it on super oh, yeah. thick. It's like the music and the narration and and uh, his little foot saw his mother and he ran to her and he, you know, it's like really interesting. And you yeah. just don't get movies like that at all. No. Now. 
which is probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I watched it and it, and I liked it, but I was kind of like, is it a good movie? I think it yeah. is, but it's definitely just so, so outdated. Yeah. I, I honestly, I saw it once in 1988. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, but I know, I mean, it's sure yeah. spawned a, Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, know. there's like 15 sequels. Yeah, so many sequels <laughs> and so popular, you know. Yeah. yeah. I have never seen any of the sequels. Oh, I haven't either. Maybe, maybe I saw the second one uh, with but, like, you know. I don't know. It's just so, it's kind of like, I don't know, disliking a sweet, adorable puppy. Like, it's so, <laughs> like, you can't dislike it, but it's so. <laughs> It's, yeah but uh, but anyway it's just interesting because it's so outdated in, in its approach and the way that it does things and uh whereas i feel like oliver and company it has lots of problems in my opinion with things but it actually doesn't feel that outdated in, no, the, jokes, in, fact, in the style in a lot yeah. of things in fact i think that's one of the things that i really that stood out to me about oliver and company was yeah. just how for lack of a better term, modern or current, it yeah. was. Yeah. Because I mean, it was set in New York, the New York City of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, not not going to the past, and uh, it was just you know, yeah, it was New York, and and uh, and they brought in uh, you know lots of different create you know on the creative team, and we'll we'll talk about that, but but uh, that. I think very surprising and a very interesting comparison to the land before time, which is for for lack, I mean, land before time in a way seems like it's more traditional kids fair, you know, for that, you know, yeah. Um, Even though it's, you know, it is what it is, but, but Auburn company, I thought in a lot of ways was something, it was Disney, but it, but it was kind of different i thought it was a move in a different direction different and you could tell that they were trying a lot of things out this was the beginning of a push by jeffrey katzenberg to release a new film every year every which year they did every year for a long time all the way up until in between uh the um uh lion king lion king yeah yeah and uh this was the whole idea of this came uh there was this whole thing called the gong show do you know about the gong show? I do know about the gong show that they had it <laughs> that they had at the Disney Studios. This is Jeffrey Kassenberg and Michael Eisner, right? Yes. Yes, it was. And Clements and Musker, bless their heart, they wanted that space treasure island so bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> tried from the very beginning of the gong show and it was not they were like nope 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 and uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> but they brought up the idea of the little mermaid and the storyboard artist pete young he suggested oliver twist with dogs as this idea and uh and then it ended up uh the director richard rich who has like the best name ever um he was he was originally going to be on board um to do it and he's the one who directed swan princess yep and he's kind of a i don't know if you'd say he's a celebrity in the mormon world but he's kind of kind of is he kind of is yeah (laughs) i mean because yeah he's he's kind of made his mark with with uh 
those living scripture products yeah. and things right right yeah. exactly and don bluth to me and don bluth <laughs> yeah. yeah um so uh yeah anyway it ended up he ended up getting fired richard rich and he so george scribner yeah ended up becoming the director he still, he was he's mostly been an animator in his career his only other directing was for the prince and the pauper yeah, yeah. and yeah. i looked on imdb for that george scribner too and it was interesting because he did a lot of he was in just in various animation roles before he was an animator on that heavy metal movie i don't know if you saw that <laughs> not disney yeah. you know definitely not, not disney not disney but uh <laughs> and then also he they have him credited as directing uh I've, I've got, I've got, I've got a, a, um, a couple of, of projects for Disneyland. Oh, okay. Uh, he, okay. He, he directed the, 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 there was this fun, it's like a 20 minute film with Steve Martin commemorating the 50th anniversary of Disneyland. And it's oh. got a bunch of live action shots and then an animated Donald Duck is in oh. there kind of playing off of Steve Martin. And, uh, They've got they've got him credited as directing that, but I'm not sure if George Scribner is doing much. Oh, and he also the other thing. This is what I was going to say. Um, have you seen that Mickey's Philhar Magic Show? That's at the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. It's a I haven't. It's, it's a 20 minute film. And it's in 3D, and it's it's basically like five or six classic songs, Disney sequences that they have that they animated in 3D. So they did a they did a 3D version of of Be Our Guest, uh, 3D version of I Can't Wait to Be King by the from the Lion King. They also did one from Peter Pan. You can fly from Peter Pan, and mm. it's actually I I mean I, when I first heard about it I thought oh how horrible, but it's I love it. I just think just because they they really worked hard on getting the 3D animation right, you know yeah. it really looks like it's like you know it's it's it, for me it works cool. but anyway yeah Scribner is attributed to directing that he i don't know if he's working for disney anymore but he's a he's a very excellent painter mm. and uh i know at disneyland they have a lot of his works that they sell in the uh um some of their art galleries there and uh and he's he's done a lot of like almost like impressionistic painting of things of things at Disneyland. And I love his I love his paintings. They're wonderful. Because I know I, I saw George Scribner. I didn't make the connection at first when I I mean this was maybe ten years ago or something. I was looking in one of those Disney Gallery stores and and thought where have I seen that name before? You know George Scribner. And then I just think about yeah. it. And I realized, oh my goodness, he's the guy. <laughs> Oliver and company <laughs> yeah go figure <laughs> well in and they were definitely nurturing some talents they were trying ideas with this uh, definitely i think the biggest feedback we'll talk about the music a lot but i think the biggest feedback they got was that people like basically disney musicals and uh and that's kind of you know where they went for the next except for rescuers down under where they went for the next decade really yeah, was yeah. basically they were musicals mm -hmm. and uh the the screenplay is it's interesting is by uh jim cox tim disney roy's son so that's interesting yeah and james mangold the the helmer of logan wrote isn't, this movie so isn't there that you cool? go. yeah there yeah so who knew, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, 
uh, I think this movie starts out, particularly the first 15 minutes are, are probably the highlight of the movie and my favorite part. I think uh, you don't really have any, you don't have much uh, dialogue at the very beginning, but I love the cityscapes and it's really unusual for a Disney film to be set in an urban environment. Uh, we've had Big Hero 6, we talked about it in our Big Hero 6 podcast. Um, there's like a little bit in, there's like a, there's like a little bit of London in 101 Dalmatians, a yeah. little bit of Paris and the Aristocats. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of London and Peter Pan. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's but, true. uh, but and, right. It's, and, it's, this one is the city is in a way yeah. uh, almost a character too. Yeah. And yeah. when they, when you see the cityscapes of the twin towers, I just die every time. I just get so emotional. I yeah. know. Like, who would have thought, you know, when I'm so glad that they, I mean, it's in a way, you know, it's, it's, it's a record. It's the, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's, it's every a 9 11, I post a picture that from Oliver and Company. That one for that shot, one of those yeah. shots from Oliver and Company with, yeah. Because there's just something about it being captured in Disney that to me is special. And, yeah. And the the whole opening number with Once Upon a Time in New York City, uh, they were trying with uh, to have to test out different talent <laughs> with this, and so this song was written by uh, Barry Mann and Howard Ashman. I know wrote this song. So cool, and that this, Howard Ashman. Yeah, yeah, and he had a positive experience. And, you know, then went to work on Little Mermaid. And it's sung by Huey Lewis. And I love this song. Oh, I do too. I love this song. I did some homework too. Barry Mann, I mean, that dude's got songwriting credits. Like, you can't believe. He used to, did you, have you seen Beautiful, the Carol King musical? Did you see that? I haven't, but I've heard it's fantastic. It's wonderful. And they, they, uh. Carol King and her her husband at the time, you know, were a big songwriting duo, and they they feature another songwriting duo, duo kind of a husband and wife team in the play, uh-huh. and it's Barry Mann is oh, this other guy. Interesting. And he and his wife wrote songs like um, on Broadway, as in you know they say the neon lights are bright on Broadway. Oh, oh. that's a Barry Mann song, and you've lost that love and feeling from the Righteous Brothers. That's Barry, that Barry Mann and his wife wrote that. So anyway, Barry Mann is like this legit songwriter. Yeah. And then pair him up with Howard Ashman. And I just think it's so cool. And Huey Lewis does a great job. And I think mm-hmm. I love how it's, it sets instantly. It pulled me in because again, I mean, I love New York city and I love the concept of they're kind of setting up this, like almost a fairy tale in, yeah. in, in, reality you know but yeah. but, but in, in gritty new york city i just I, I thought it really just pulled me in instantly yeah well and i read that they had over 30 brands that were shown in the yes. film <laughs> and that there was not a single i guess paid product placement it was all just just I part of capturing it. new york city and i'm so glad you brought that up because i wondered how they got away with it <laughs> yeah. i mean i guess hey if my brand for free is going to be featured in a disney movie i'm not complaining they did a beautiful job with it and, <laughs> and, it's, and it's, it's it's like you'd see it you yeah. know like in times square or whatever yeah um 
but it's just a lovely sequence. And of course, you see Oliver uh, in the box of kittens. It's so cute. So I mean, cute. <laughs> I am not a cat person. In fact, I really don't like cats, but uh-huh. Oliver is just adorable. Yeah. And thing. it is nice that you have at least one, you know, you have this and the rest of cats uh, that both have nice cats because. The poor cat fans because they have usually are the villain <laughs> right. in most movies. <laughs> they're like Cyanam from Lady and the Tramp, right? And that kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah they're yeah, and, uh, them, I mean, at least you have Sergeant Tibbs, who's probably the best oh, right. of all time. <laughs> yes, 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 and yes. Yeah. But like in Babe, you know. All right. Villain, cat. Yeah. But it's really nice, and uh, yeah, so. It works really, really well, and it's really sweet. And uh, then we, uh, so they were obviously when they are adapting Oliver Twist as a Disney film, and Oliver as a cat. Um, there obviously is a loose adaptation. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think it's one of those. If I'm not mistaken, in the credits, Rachel, it's inspired by. Yeah, you know, um, there, <laughs> Charles Dickens are, Oliver Twist. <laughs> there are some choices that I don't understand why they made the choices they made, and I don't understand why they didn't have one scene with Oliver saying, can I have some more? May I have some more, please? Like, that's just so iconic. Like, and it would have been, been so easy to add in and just like, I don't know. Yeah, but, that's, a good, that's a good point. <laughs> and it, this, yeah. In some ways, I do kind of feel the same way about this as I do Sword in the Stone, which it is feel a little bit of a shame that like, you know, just kind of, I feel like in Sword in the Stone, like, it's a little bit of a shame that that's the uh, that's the disney king arthur that we get it's kind of the silly movie and and this is the dickens that we get it's kind of the silly movie mm-hmm. but uh but anyway so there's some good choices some other choices I, I do not like as far as the adaptation but uh we have oliver as this cat and he meets dodger voiced by billy joel and yeah, one of billy joel's few film roles if only film role you know yeah. i mean not that he's done a lot i, I can't believe that I they got him to be be in it well and he said said uh he said that i guess he had just he had a little girl at the time and he wanted to do something that his little girl could see and that she'd like so i think that's why yeah he did it and so dodger in the book is pretty similar i feel like to in the yeah. character I think that they kind of captured a, a, you know, the Arful Dodger in 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 Dodger the Dog, yeah. And he is confident and he's cocky, and he is going to teach Oliver how to steal these hot dogs, and kind of use Oliver to help him steal the hot dogs, and uh, that's when we get why should I worry uh and this is of course sung by billy joel this was written by dan hartman and charlie midnight and i think this scene whole sequence really works i like the way it just kind of moves with the beat like the song is a tiny bit of an earworm like it's the kind of thing you just go you'll hear in your head over and over and over again but it's really pretty catchy and uh, like most earworms are yeah <laughs> And when he finally gets to the point of where the um, 
the uh, the sunglasses table is coming off, and we can raise the time. Why should mm-hmm. I worry? Like that is a pretty fun hook to a song. Mm-hmm. I think. What do you think? Oh, I love this. I just I love the whole sequence. I think, uh, you know, how Dodger cons Oliver into help, you know helping him steal the hot dogs, and then uh, I'm with you. Just everything moves to the to the beat of the song and uh like i put i i love the concept that the dogs well and all are ride on top of the cars yeah i just yeah. think that is so clever <laughs> you know well, and it's just like right with beat yeah like when he's on you that know, cement thing he's on that so... cement truck and how it how it turns in. um it's yeah. so i i just think it's fun i was talking to someone who was saying that that possibly they thought that the song was overrated and and you know <laughs> sure I mean, you were talking it, to mark <laughs> well <laughs> i don't want to yes mark, i know mark will probably i have listen. a quote of mark, his later on mark you know i think you're awesome dude but i think we disagree <laughs> <laughs> we disagree on that because i mean i don't think it's overrated i can sure i can understand what I, like you're saying in the earworm 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 stuff <laughs> I, personally i think it's delightful you know it's yeah. it's produced by billy joel's long-term producer phil ramone and it's a great billy joel song and i and i just think i would think again i was amazed like how in the world is there a billy joel song in a disney movie this is so awesome <laughs> yeah know, it's is... just so unique i mean i can't think of any other song like that in a disney movie aside from maybe a credits song yeah uh that's actually part of the story and part of the you know kind of thing it's very very unique and certainly hadn't had anything like that to that point that's for sure yeah yeah and so that all i think works really well i love the animation i i'm i'm not a huge fan of the way they animated the humans in this movie i think it looks a little saturday afternoon uh things but all the stuff with the dogs and all the stuff with the city and all of that all looks great so and that's all there is at this beginning part so what's it it's also fun in this too because in in the sequence too you see some dogs that might look somewhat familiar i think that they didn't they kind of copy the designs or have like cameos of some other disney dogs in well the... yeah because there's definitely pongo yeah at one point for sure yeah and i and don't know if like some dogs there. possibly from lady and the tramp there's not lady or tramp i don't believe in the yeah. film no but... like that would have been kind of fun as an easter egg. yeah yeah but uh but yeah i know that there's definitely pongo for sure but anyway yeah it's really strong i think this whole first 15 minutes is is really good and then we get to Fagin and the dogs, the gang. And that's when I start to have some issues. But uh, let's talk about the gang themselves. So we have Shirley Ralph voicing Rita. And one of the things I don't understand is why they had Ruth Pointer sing her song. Because Shirley Ralph is a Tony nominee. She's a very good singer. Uh, she was in Dream Girls, for goodness sakes. Like, um, I, I don't understand. I don't understand either. Because again, Ruth Pointer is a big name. You know, oh, the yes. Pointer, the Pointer Sisters. But like, yeah, couldn't have Cheryl. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. 
Odd, huh? And we'll talk about it in a bit, but I yeah. do think, no, anyway, we'll talk about it later. But yeah, I think it's a weird choice that they made, but whatever. Uh, they do a good job. And it is unusual to have it this, I, I mean, I guess they're in, in um, Fox and the Hound, there were uh, Mother Pearl, um, not Mother Pearl. Pearl Bailey. Pearl Bailey would have been an African-American voice that they knew. Um, so there were some, but pretty uncommon to have an African-American voice actress. And so that's pretty cool that they did that. An Afghan hound. Oh, okay. Hound dog. Yeah. So there you go. And I think she does a good job. And then you have Cheech Marin as Tito. And he's a chihuahua. And I don't know. What do you think about Tito? Do you think he is fun or do you think he's too much of a stereotype? Well, again, um, I think it's, I think it's a snapshot in time, uh-huh. uh, which doesn't justify anything, but I'm just saying it is <laughs> yeah. a snapshot in time. And uh, I think that they, that, you know, my take on it was that Disney was trying to be a little edgy because uh-huh. Cheech and Chong, you know, uh, you know, his, um, his, his uh, comedy partner, Tommy Chong, you know, they had this whole, I mean, they were extremely popular, you know, comedy yeah. albums and all, yeah, all the stuff. And, and uh, so to get, I think to be able to land Cheech Martin to play the sassy Mexican Chihuahua mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, I thought at the time a bit of a casting coup because yeah. again, thinking, wow, I get the same thing. Like, what is Billy Joel doing in a Disney movie? What is Cheech Martin doing in a Disney movie? You yeah. know, because their comedy was all just about smoking pot. But right. uh, he still has that very distinctive and, again, stereotypical type of, yeah. you know, I mean, vocal delivery. And so, but I, I'm just trying to add some, what I think some comedy. No, I appreciate that very much. And I, I'm just fine with it, to be honest, but I'm not Mexican-American, so I, yeah. you know, like, whatever. Yeah, and I don't um, know, I don't know if audiences today would, would, would find that offensive. And I, I just don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, because yeah. again, it's not necessarily portraying him in a negative way but again it's just a very stereotypical yeah i mean i i don't know if they would because if you look at something like michael pena's character in ant yeah and yeah, man that different really yeah. you know right so i don't know it's interesting but anyway uh so richard mulligan uh is einstein he's a great dane and he's kind of fun and then roscoe lee brown as francis the bulldog and he's the uh art and theater shakespearean yeah, so master thespian <laughs> of the of the yeah uh so <laughs> uh and um uh i like when he says that he's like my name is Fr- francis not frank not frankie yeah because i'm not a big nickname person <laughs> <laughs> so i i'll i, I i'm with him there francis. that works yeah. Like, yeah, get that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so here's where these were all fine. They were cute, they were good. Um, but I thought that Fagan was a miss. I don't understand why they decided to make him so likable, um, to make him this like sympathetic dweeb. I just thought it made him really boring. And I know that Sykes is in the book, but 
I feel like Fagin is just so much more interesting and menacing and uh, in the book. And I don't know. I, and I think casting Domna Louise as Fagin's voice was a mistake because that's just, it's not going to be an unlike, it's not going to be a bad guy. Like he never voices bad guys. Yeah. And so like, it just took any kind of, I don't know, just made him a really, a little grating and a little, not my favorite character. And yeah. I don't know. I just think it was a miss. They should have made him the villain. <laughs> and I would I would have just gotten rid of Sykes altogether and had Fagin just be a bad guy. Uh-huh. That they have to deal with. And yeah. like they they are the ones getting extorted by Fagin, not Fagin getting extorted by Sykes. By Sykes. Yeah. Because also like the whole thing with Sykes, it doesn't really make sense because what is Sykes trying, what is Sykes going to take from Fagin? He lives in like, what does he even, it doesn't even have a house. Like he Fagin has nothing. Has and nothing. Like, so he can threaten to kill him, but then he's not going to get his money back. Right. And so like, I don't know. It just, that to me was a total miss. I didn't like, I, for, for most, for pretty much the human characters were a miss for me in this movie. I, mm-hmm. I, I think they drag it down, make it boring and i don't know i don't know what I hear you, what you, fagin i hear what you're saying rachel i thought with fagin uh again just almost like i just felt like they were thinking well this is you know this is all over twist we need to have a character named fagin in this movie <laughs> so yeah. we'll have we'll have this we'll create this new you know interpretation of of Fagan, but it's not Fagan, you know, it's not, he's no, not at all. And, and a similar kind of position in that he's kind of, he's over the, he's over the, um, the gang, the gang, but but yeah, but he's there, he's, he's, he's he's their sweet buddy, you know, rather than like who, who reads them bedtime stories, not, not, uh, not, um, you know, anyone menacing. Uh, yeah, I, um, I, I I hear what you're saying. I don't. I'm trying to analyze how I let that one go because sometimes you know you know me I find stuff, <laughs> and I think because I felt like this was such a loose interpretation. You know, like really all we have is you know Oliver's an orphan, Oliver's an orphan, and he's gonna get adopted, and and then the summons you know then they're gonna try to you know this whole extortion plot, but uh, yeah, but. uh I, it was so dissimilar and um, some of those scenes with Fagan were kind of cute and it just, I just, I, you know, yeah. well, I, don't, I guess it worked enough that I just like let it go. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to me, Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, what kind of, what kind of English major am I to let this, you know, <laughs> but, I mean, in let the this book, go. In the book, like Fagin is responsible for Nancy's death, right? And I mean, like he is a Fagin bad is a bad. It's heavy. He's the heavy, you know, or one of them. And so, I again, I thought, I, I, yeah, interesting, interesting choice to make yeah. Sykes the bad. And yeah, and like, why does Sykes even bother? I, I, like, I'm, for real. I'm, I'm with you. Like he destroys his car. Like that's worth way more than anything Fagin could have had. Right. Like, um, I I think actually probably Sykes's 
Zobermans are scarier than anything the Sykes. To me, Sykes felt like the Claw, Professor Claw in Inspector Gadget. <laughs> like that's he was just so bland and so lame and I don't know. But the I thought the the Dobermans were better. <laughs> yeah, I thought the Dobermans were and I, and you know, you know me, I was with cars. I thought Sykes cuz I think they they were using some computer animation on the on his car. Uh, yeah. And well, and yeah. his car was I thought was pretty rad for animation yeah. you know this it's kind of this <laughs> souped up lincoln continental thing uh, you yeah. know mark or yeah mark whatever and um i like that part i thought was 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 really cool i yeah. i like this and i'm with you though on sykes i thought i did like again back to the car but um the i the the people animation too i can't again i, I think it's I'm processing it. I really like hearing what you have to say about it because I remember the time when I saw it on this big screen thinking these characters, I don't know if they were together, but I like that they were trying to do something. Uh I felt like that they were at least trying to make them, even though they were very cartoony, they were making them look different and unique to me. Uh That's how I was interpreting it and I could just Uh be up at the night. No, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Uh, Yeah, so... I do love Streets of Gold. That's the one that I think is actually underrated as far as this movie. I know, and, and I feel like we kind of got gypped because it's so short. I know. Like I wish it were I wish it were three times as long. And yeah. And that again, not and nothing against Ruth Ruth Pointer, but I just think why yeah, why couldn't yeah. um you know <laughs> yeah, the other Shirley actress. Ralph. Yeah, Shirley Ruff's seeing it. But no point. That's such a fun a fun segment as they're showing all of her the ropes of being in the gang. Yeah. I appreciate it. And, uh, and then, uh, yeah. And then we, uh, meet Jenny and Jenny is so bland. And so, (laughs) 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 and I know that she's supposed to be petty from the rescuers originally. Um, but, I'm not a big fan of Penny from the Rescuers, so maybe this part of it. Um, but I don't know. She's just there's nothing I don't think special about Jenny. She's just very bland to me. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I hear what you're saying. I thought Jenny was was cute, but and and that was just her role, you know. Yeah. yeah. So not not anything like you supposed to feel sorry for that. She, you know her. Her parents are kind of neglecting her, right? Yeah. But, uh, but um, yeah. I had no Later idea. on, I don't really understand why she goes to the ransom thing all by herself, and she doesn't tell her her guy. She doesn't tell the butler, and she takes Georgette. Yeah, you know? and like from all intents and purposes, he, the butler guy seemed perfectly nice, like and, and perfectly yeah, open and, to. And that she trusted him, you know that she, yeah, that they had a good yeah. relationship. Yeah, and like yeah. he, I don't know, he's just like watching boxing, wrestling, wrestling yeah. <laughs> in the kitchen. Like I don't see why he couldn't have been involved in this. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. but then we meet Georgette, and this is at the thirty-three minute mark, and which is kind of late for such a big name kind of character. And we get her song "Perfect Isn't Easy," and this was by Barry Manilow, which again 
what is Barry Manilow doing? <laughs> <laughs> Writing music for a Disney movie. It's yeah. just crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Uh, but I love this whole sequence. I think it's, it's a fun sequence. It's terrific. It's and really Bette Midler, Bette Midler again, what is Bette Midler doing in a Disney movie? Cause she's, she's terrific. And, and, uh, I, I love that sequence too. Really fun. Yeah. And really cool use again, also of computer animation in that last bit where she's going down the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. It love really that. has an old Hollywood feel. It, yes, you know, Busby we, Berkeley. Yeah. When we talked about uh, Cats Don't Dance, Yeah. some of the, the um, Darlin numbers, it kind of reminds me the same uh, as this, uh, as this number, you know, oh, with the. Absolutely. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. And uh, it's just a, it's a good song. And then we get one more song with Good Company that is sung by the, uh, the Jenny to, she's practicing her piano or whatever. And we get this montage, but I'm like super confused here because <laughs> uh, how long is this montage? Because it seems like it's quite a long time. And, and at first I thought, well, is she just dreaming about these good company and these things that she's going to be doing? But no, because no. he has the thing, the locket. Yeah, he's got the And they're like going the, all over town. He's got the kitty. He's got the tag. The kitty but tag. like, it doesn't really make sense because why has the whole gang waited so long and there was only like four days until Sykes was... Yeah. do the money and so she did all of that in like one day yeah i i my interpretation from whatever it's worth <laughs> i hear what you're saying i always thought it was like in an afternoon I'm like well it's been a busy afternoon it's like well okay again i'm suspending i'm suspending disbelief like okay yeah, whatever okay. And it's a cute little song. It's probably my least favorite song of, of the of the of the songs <laughs> in the film. But anyway, I mean, like, yeah. Let's be real. This is Cat Oliver Twist. So, like, yeah. I mean, I'm just a little confused on the timetable here. And uh, I, the other thing, like, that's a little lacking is. I don't really understand why they want to go after Oliver because they've only spent like one night with him and it didn't seem like they were that close, especially Dodger. He wasn't that close. And he's like with these nice people, rich people, whatever. Like if their motivation had been to, to use Oliver as a way to steal from Penny's family, that would have made, or Jenny's family, that would have made sense. That would have been logical. But like their motivation to save Oliver, I never, I don't understand. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate what you're saying too. I, I think, you know, I interpreted it as they were definitely misguided. <laughs> right? Like yeah. they're like, oh, all, thinking that Oliver, they just weren't thinking or they just didn't have the experience because like because all like Oliver's reaction he's so mad when they come to get him because he's like what are you doing you know yeah. I I I landed in this really great spot and now you've wrecked it and uh yeah 
Uh, and they could like take like a lot of stuff from that house and help yeah oh absolutely no problem and, and kind of pay up <laughs> pay up the debt you know or pay off the debt with sykes but also <laughs> why does a dog need face powder <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this is this is yeah Quest, <laughs> yeah These important questions george ed has face powder uh-huh. um anyway <laughs> and uh, here, yeah. in this whole sequence that you get tito saying it this is torture jane me to the wall there yeah. you go that's pretty racy yeah. And also, like, it feels like this whole sequence, Fagin has been kind of forgotten. There's no, like, attempt to be like, hey, let's take the silver bowl or whatever that um, we're eating from that could be value or just nothing. There's no talk about Fagin. It's all Oliver and whatever. And uh, so, I don't know. It's just interesting. And to me, this whole sequence, this whole part with Jenny and rescuing Oliver it's kind of boring <laughs> and that's when I notice things like why does a dog need face powder if yeah bored and so then I started to notice things like if I'm it's the old thing that like <laughs> you only notice yeah craft service table in the shot in a bad movie because yes. otherwise you're so wrapped up in the movie that you don't notice oh there's the boom mic in the, <laughs> no, in the shot you don't right. notice it or there's a continuity error, or there's a plot hole. You don't notice those things if you're really caught up in the magic of the movie. Yes, true. You in a bad movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That this is bad, but this sequence, I thought this part, the middle part, is kind yeah, of yeah. It's it's really. I think it's really slow from when, yeah, from from this part up to when, uh, they try to break out Jenny from from uh the warehouse you know the the uh the scary the, the scary warehouse that she's uh-huh. tied up tied up in right yeah uh i i the whole thing it all kind of for me it kind of slows slows down too yeah and like you've established fagin as this like great sympathetic guy and then now you're supposed to buy he sees the dog um caller cat caller on oliver and he immediately writes this like horrible letter of like extorting them and he's gonna like extort a little girl for her cat like that didn't seem established for the type of character that they had set up to me yeah and (laughs) i wrote (laughs) in my notes i was like this part is very boring and then i'm like the gangming's family what their behavior makes no sense Fagin extorts a little girl for her cat but he's been established as a good guy so bored (laughs) (laughs) that's good and so yeah and then i'm just like why wouldn't jenny tell her caregiver about this extortion like he seemed perfectly nice yeah and she's being blackmailed and going to this dangerous place that she'd never been before like that didn't really make sense but you need it for the story i get it right yeah anyway um so then we get to this extortion spot and fagin feels sorry for jenny and so i said fagin gives oliver back to jenny boring (laughs) 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 
and <laughs> now we get now we're getting somewhere for me is after this sort of sequence uh so sykes takes denny and ties her to this chair and uh and there's pr it's pretty like intense um and uh i think this whole ending where literally <laughs> there's this whole chase and fagan drives his scooter or whatever it is uh, under onto the the down the stairs to the subway and <laughs> The limo, or, or not the limo, <laughs> yeah. the Lincoln Continental, you know, <laughs> falls them down into this, yeah, into the subway station. Which is crazy. And, and, uh, and this was the first, uh, or this was the longest use of the CAPS system. Yeah, yeah. What what do you know about the CAPS system? Well, uh, if we're talking about the same thing, I believe that the CAPS system is was the, and I can't remember what the acronym stands for, but uh computer animated something processing system or something but uh, they used it to paint they were using it yeah. to color i mean they they used it as the, as the the painting system uh for all the for all the an, animated cells and so um you really notice that in the rescuers down under i think you yeah. with, with the with the vibrant colors that are in that film because they were using yeah. the uh the cap system is that what you were is that what you were going for right yeah and they did the whole the last like 11 minutes the whole 11 minutes of the subway system yeah uh, the 11 minutes of the subway sequence with the taxi cab the crane the trains the subway yeah. whatever um his, his scooter cart uh that whole chase that's all was done in caps and, and you can really tell i think it's yeah. I think it's, I remember thinking you know, the first time I saw the sequence, not only was it exciting, but it was really interesting to look at, even though it was ridiculous what had happened. Like, yeah, the you know, driving the Lincoln Continental down into the subway station. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, kind of, yeah, was, yeah that whole thing. But so <laughs> it was an exciting, I thought it was an exciting chasing and yeah. really really well animated i i thought what, what, really, what you, i love it and it's like weird because it's it looks dated obviously but it's still like oddly captivating yeah no, it's, it's really, oddly it's compelling really well together it's really well put yeah. together i thought I, I think yeah i yeah. really like it and like it's a pretty i mean you do have some pretty brutal deaths for villains like tarzan has the ultimate brutal death of a villain but uh but this is pretty brutal oh I mean. this is brutal and pretty <laughs> pretty clear you yeah, know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 and the dogs the poor dogs i felt yeah. a little bit bad for the dogs the dogs the Oof. yeah they're they, they met a yeah a gnarly <laughs> death too <laughs> yeah and then we get this scene uh with everyone at jenny's birthday and this scene makes no sense like she literally has spent no time with any of these dogs how would she possibly know einstein's name that makes no sense also <laughs> also um like the only time that she spent with these dogs is in this like horrible experience of being abducted and like being chased down a subway like 
this is not a friendly experience and so like it really makes no sense but again i know i'm totally overthinking it but it was just kind of funny just, like, yeah your brain was just like <laughs> not having any of it <laughs> and and like she's saying goodbye to fagin and it's like fagin extorted her i guess she could have learned einstein's name from fagin but he extorted her he blackmailed her and he like chased her and i mean i don't know i just don't think they'd be super good friends yeah they'd be bffs right but yeah yeah. i do kind of like that their presents for her were like super bizarre it's like yeah it's like yeah that was kind of funny yeah gave me fish bones (laughs) that was kind of funny yeah but you know like actual gifts that like a dog would actually give is kind of funny yeah 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 exactly um so anyway and uh yeah we get a little reprise of why should i worry yes which is so for me it's so fun because again dogs on top of the cars (laughs) i just love and then (laughs) i i just think it's such a fun song and and again i love how they back up and it's kind of you know again we see that same manhattan skyline again that we saw at the first of the film but kind of you know at the end of the day yeah uh uh yeah and so i think uh it's an interesting movie it's they tried a lot of things they were really experimental and you see uh where they kind of took it and said okay we're gonna make musicals from now on we're gonna work with howard ashman we're gonna work with some of these people uh and um we're gonna work with this technology all that stuff so it was a kind of an experimental i think film for them and overall it's fine and pleasant to watch and uh, there's some boring parts for me uh where my mind kind of wanders <laughs> but i did in, enjoy it and uh, i have it uh in my rankings i have it actually at 47 mm-hmm. um i know i think maybe i might put it a little higher now um if i was doing another ranking but i don't know it's just hard because i like so many but um uh i i have it 47 saludos amigos at 48 and i have aristocats at 46 okay so there we go. Nice. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't remember where I, where I <laughs> but I, I'd have it in kind of my mid range of like good, uh-huh. you know, not necessarily great. Uh, uh, yeah. cause like, I'm with you. I like so many of them. And I, you know, I would talk, I was talking about doing that ranking kind of like <laughs> best. Yeah. Better and maybe not so good or something, you know, yeah. like three, three or four buckets. <laughs> I, I it would definitely be in the middle bucket, but I mean, I think uh, I think I like it more than 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 uh, you, mm-hmm. uh, and probably just because I turned my brain off, <laughs> which I don't advocate. You know, it's just, it goes against so many things that I I believe in. But uh, I was, I think I was just so entertained, and still, as I've just said a hundred times already, to, you know, in this podcast so shocked with what i was seeing i couldn't believe what i was seeing you know but in all yeah. good ways i mean happy yeah. ways you know mm-hmm. just just like this was this was a marvel and just learning about howard ash you know and i think that's yeah. that you just realize after you know after little mermaid after beauty and the beast were like oh you know howard yeah. ash was also involved in all yeah. her company and how cool is that yeah yeah uh so uh, and, and, yeah. and 
just think and I didn't hate it. I, I oh, just sure. there's yeah. some boring parts for me, but I overall I, I still like it. And it, it was really I actually I really do think this is one of those movies that's more more fun to talk about than actually watch. Than watch. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. is like a true thing. Like the oh, Star yeah. Wars prequels are completely that. They are way <laughs> more interesting to talk about yeah. than to watch. Than have to watch. Like please don't make me watch. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. You wanna figure out what we're gonna talk about next? Here we go. Okay. I'm excited. Fifty six. So we're talking about Moana. Moana. All right. Oh, next month. Outstanding. <laughs> I love your I love your number generator. Rachel. It's so awesome. Surprised. Uh yeah, so that'll be really fun. That'll be fun. Um, because well actually well, why don't we should we do two that month and talk about Record Ralph? Wait, Record Ralph is that November or October? It's November. Okay. Well we'll do Record Ralph two in November. And maybe we should do Wreck-It Ralph and Wreck-It Ralph 2 in November. Oh, yeah. Sure. I think. That'd be great. Okay. So we'll do that. Uh, So October, we will do Moana. And that'll be super fun. I love that movie. I love that movie, too. That's going to be fun (laughs) to talk with you about. Yeah. And then we will do Wreck-It Ralph and Wreck-It Ralph 2 in in November. So that should be great. That's great. <laughs> Good. Okay. Well, thanks so much. This was really fun to talk about. Thank you, and Rachel. Some great responses from Twitter about this movie. And so I just said, thoughts on Oliver and Company. And here we go. So our friend Mark Brown, he said, <laughs> has one of the most overrated Disney songs. Yeah. Why should I worry? Also has two of the most underrated, Once Upon a Time in New York City and Good Company. So there you go. Well, and yeah. <laughs> uh, the conservative film buff, he says, honestly, one of the worst, in my opinion, especially from its era. And then Total Contrasting, The Love Pirate, he says, I love it very, very much. And the Renaissance era owes it a debt, of, a debt for kicking things off. Plus a great group of singing voices, Huey Lewis, Billy Joel, Ruth Pointer, Bette Midler, Howard Ashman lyrics, and the opening song, Love It So Much. And uh, the media reviewer says, I think it's a good film. It's not one of Disney's best films because the plot is definitely predictable, but the music, animation, voice acting, and characters make up for the story. And uh, let's see, some other good ones. Um, Eli Sanza says suffers in comparison to other Disney movies but it's not bad Georgette is the standout character Siornia uh, um, Tudor sorry I'm pronouncing your name wrong she says I personally dislike it Oliver is such a passive character that I don't even remember he was in the film Dodger was completely unlikable the other dogs are stereotypes rather than actual characters the rest are one note and cliched. Music is corny, generic, and dated. The only good things are the animation and the voice acting. So uh, Jack Volojic says, I love it. One of Disney, one of my favorite Disney movies. Though maybe it's because I'm a sucker for Dom DeLuise. And uh, so there you go. <laughs> Lots of different opinions on this yeah, one. Yeah, no, that's one. That's great to hear. And, <laughs> you know, you, you got such great uh, followers. I really... It's wonderful to hear what they have to say. Yeah, 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 it really is. Hey, well, thanks so much. This was really fun to talk about. Thank you, yeah. Rachel. <laughs> and uh, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Stanford Clark, and I also have a movie blog, which is moviespastandpresent.com. 
Yeah. Check that out. I'll have all, all the links in the description. And yeah, we're going to be talking for Obscure Animation this month. We're going to be talking about Bill Plimpton's best movie, I think, called Cheatin'. It's going to be really fun. And, uh, and so look forward to that. And you can follow me here at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes or on YouTube. Please put in your reviews on iTunes for the podcast because that helps more people to see them. And uh, give us your likes and comments. Yeah. So thanks so much, Stanford. You're the best. Oh, thank you. This was so fun. Really appreciate <laughs> it. Was, it really was thank fun. You. So we will see you all next month. And let us know your thoughts in the comment section. And uh, thanks so much. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye.